You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. At Alma, we know the connection between you and your therapist matters. But if you're already feeling stressed and burnt out, the idea of trying to find a therapist you really connect with can be overwhelming. That's why Alma's focused on helping you find the right therapist for you. When you browse their online directory, you can filter by the qualities that are most important to you. Then book free 15-minute consultations with any therapist you're interested in seeing. And because 95% of therapists at Alma accept insurance, you can find care that's affordable too. You want to talk to someone, but not just anyone. Alma is there to help you find the right fit. Visit helloalma.com slash therapy30 to schedule a free consultation today. That's helloalma.com slash therapy30. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Let's get it. All football. All the time. You're listening to the best football show. Hosted by Brian Baldinger. Well, hello, hello, and welcome to the best football show. This is Brian Baldinger, your host at Baldy NFL. Uh, I'm here every day. Every day on your free Odyssey app. Come download it. Uh, like, subscribe, all that kind of good stuff that we all know how to do right now. Um, this is uh, Tuesday. This is Tuesday at the end of Super Wildcard Weekend. So last night, we got a chance to see... Buffalo and Pittsburgh, and we got a chance to see Philadelphia and Tampa. So let's just let's let's concentrate on those games, okay? Because Pittsburgh came to Buffalo. Obviously, the game was delayed because of snow. We saw um, Bills fans shoveling the stadium. The field was in great shape. Uh, snowballs were flying. We expect all that kind of stuff. But the football um, was, you know, Buffalo was ready. They were ready to play. And so let's say. Pittsburgh's game plan to me had a lot to do with no TJ Watt. So we know TJ obviously the sprained MCL from the you know week 18 game against Baltimore. Uh, he was we saw him on the sideline talking to Alex Highsmith, talking to the guys. Um, because there was no TJ, I thought Pittsburgh blitzed a lot more than they I think they wanted to, and more than they normally do. And I thought I thought Buffalo was really sharp. I thought they had an answer for the blitz. They had sight adjust. You just think about a couple of third downs, third and six. There's Stephon Diggs. He sees the slot defender, you know, go across his face coming at Josh Allen. Bam. I mean, sight adjust. Stephon Diggs hooks up over the middle. Josh Allen sees it. They get the ball to Diggs. He turns around, runs for six yards, 12 yards, a total first down. You see a third and seven, the touchdown to Dawson Knox. Uh, Pittsburgh classic weak side overload blitz. Alex Highsmith comes free. All right. You, you always squeeze the protection. You block the most dangerous guy. Alex Smith is coming free at Josh Allen. They run a flat route, James Cook, and they run a corner route to Dawson Knox. And they're ready for it. They're ready. Now, Pittsburgh blows the coverage. Um, 
They sent both guys, uh, both underneath defenders at uh, James Cook. They blow it. It opens up the window for Dawson Knox. Uh, Josh Allen was sharp. He saw it, threw a perfect pass to Dawson Knox. Next thing you know, he's doing, um, you know, an end zone dance with the fans and the Bills Mafia. It was a great scene. But they had an answer for it. They had an answer for it for most of the night. And so I thought that was really sharp. Um, you know, they ran the ball effectively. I thought, you know, Pittsburgh down 21 nothing. Obviously, they have the pick six in the end zone uh, by Kair Elam. That really hurt them. The fumble really hurt them. Um, you know, they turned the ball over. Mike Tomlin talked about it at halftime, like, we got to take care of the ball. And they didn't take care of the ball well enough. They, they got back into the game. They made it a game. They cut the lead 24-17. Um, you know, Buffalo answered that. I thought they answered everything that Pittsburgh gave them last night. Now, on top of that, we saw one injury after another to Buffalo's defense. I mean, there's Kyrie Elam out there. Um, they're losing corners. They're losing linebackers. Um, you know, I don't know what the status is as they uh, entertain the Kansas City Chiefs on Sunday night at 630. I don't know what the injury report is on any of these guys right now. But, you know, there's A.J. Klein out there playing. Dorian Williams out there playing. I don't know when A.J. Klein got signed. He didn't play this year. I mean, he's out there playing. I mean, he's played for Sean McDermott. He knows the defense for the most part. He's out there playing. Um, so I thought that was I – thought, I thought Buffalo did what they had to do. Um, they were good. Dalton Kincaid's a great player. You know, you want to run a Tampa 2 defense. If you had to draw a defense up, Tampa 2. And you had to run one play to attack Tampa 2 as the corner. It's really a three-deep coverage. But as the corner is widening out to the numbers and the middle linebacker, in this case, Miles Jack, is running down the middle of the field with the number three receiver, which happens to be Dalton Kincaid. If you had to run one play to attack Tampa 2 defense, you'd run your tight end down the seam against the middle linebacker. And Josh Allen was waiting for it. And Dalton Kincaid ran a beautiful route. And it, the middle of the field was wide open, and Josh Allen put it right on. So the tight ends came up big. Um, you know, nice, I don't know how far it was, 33 yards or something on the touchdown to Dalton Kincaid. It was beautiful. So we'll get to Kansas City uh, in Buffalo and, you know, Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen. I mean, I feel like this is, you know, the next era of Peyton Manning and Tom Brady. I feel like we need to see this matchup every year, regular season and postseason, and we're getting it. And there was questions about it when Buffalo went to Miami week 18 and knocked, you know, Miami out of the division and all that kind of stuff. So, anyways, we're getting it. That, lead us, that leads us to the nightcap where Philadelphia was going to play Tampa. And you go, all right, you know, I mean, some people were saying silly things like, well, Philadelphia's just playing possum. They're just waiting to go win a playoff game, and all the stuff that had happened before that wasn't going to come into play without probably the best player in A.J. Brown. I didn't believe any of that. I thought Philadelphia was playing horrible football. Um, really, ever since, you know, they, they went to overtime against Buffalo in Week 12, uh, took a 59-yard field goal to get it in overtime. They won in overtime against Buffalo in the rain. Um they beat Dallas. Dallas, you know, didn't finish drives. They left the ball at the one-yard line, chance to win a game. They couldn't do it. I didn't think Philadelphia was playing great, but then it really collapsed. Um, 
And so I t- when I saw him against the Arizona Cardinals get run on like they did, when I saw him get beat by the Giants in week 18 like they did, they looked a couple of things. They were the most blitzed team in the league because every team is going to get blitzed until you show or prove that you can stop the blitz. And they had shown no propensity to have an answer for the blitz. It's a built-in weakness to this whole bad-looking offense that is far too simple. It's too simple to uh, to really um, take seriously, to be honest with you. It's just that simple. Uh, and so I thought last night Tampa knew that they had no answer to the blitz, so they just kept coming and coming and coming. And it's just shocking how the Eagles just run these routes and here comes a free hitter at Jalen Hurts. And like, what, what is Jalen Hurts supposed to do? But and then Jalen Hurts wasn't great either. Like, you know, Jalen Hurts, maybe because they don't have an answer to the blitz, now he's reading the rush and has been reading the rush. And that's that every quarterback will struggle as soon as their eyes drop and they look at the ground. And when Kalijah Kansi was pushing, you know, Landon Dickerson in a 16 to 9 game, anybody's game in the third quarter, when Kalijah Kansi is pushing the pocket. Um, from the 11-yard line, and Jalen Hurts is backing up, and then his eyes drop. And now here comes Anthony Nelson, sacking him in the end zone. Like I thought, uh, that's that's as bad as it gets right there, taking a sack, taking – not a sack, but taking a uh, – well, basically a sack. It was uh, intentional grounding in the end zone, uh, led to a safety. I thought, you know, the game was over at that point, but it was kind of over before that. Um, offensively, you know, they just, you know, you're running RPOs, run pass options. Nobody runs more RPOs than the Eagles. It's part of the simplistic offense that they run. But you're running an RPO, and Jalen decides to throw it, and neither receiver is looking for the ball. And he's got to eat it and scramble. You run a hit screen on the outside. Julio Jones and Dallas Goddard are out there, and they run into each other, and there's no place to throw the ball. I mean, it's just, it looked, it looked bad. But the worst part was their defense because they just do things that are just unsound. They're, I mean, every defense is a gap defense. I don't care if you're a 3-4, 4-3, if you're on a five-man front, every defense, you got to be responsible for gaps, okay? You're a two-gapping team. You're a, you know up-the-field, one-gap team, whatever it is. Every defense is, is predicated – upon being in gaps, the A gaps, the B gaps, the C gaps, and putting up somebody in that gap. Well, the Eagles, they're, they're I mean, they, they, they can't get lined up. They, they just, they're, they have no gap uh, integrity whatsoever, and Rashad White is gashing them. Um, and then the tackling is atrocious. I, I, you know, I played for the Eagles. I live in the area. I know that city as well as anybody. I've been there since 1992. I've been over 30 years. I, I, there's one thing I know about Philadelphia. You better be able to tackle. You better come and put your bucket on and go tackle. Well, they, the tackling was atrocious last night, over and over, and it has been. And that's why I didn't believe in the Eagles, because the tackling is just that bad. It's everything. It's understanding where your help is. It's how to tackle, how to wrap up, how to run through people, how to grab legs, like all the fundamentals of tackling are non-existent. And then the coverage 
they just turn people loose. Peyton Manning talked about it on his Manning cast last night. They turn people loose more than any other team in this league. If the if the Bucks could have caught the ball last night, if you know, if Kate Otten catches a touchdown pass, if Mike Evans, like this thing is in the 50s, it's not 32 to nine. It's it's 50 to nine. It is completely one-sided if they're not dropping touchdown passes. So, I mean, don't even look at Baker's stats because they, they really should be much, much better than what they were. But this was a complete beatdown. And, and look, and, you know, I don't want to just talk about the Eagles' deficiencies. I want to give the Bucs a ton of credit. Like, they fixed their offensive line this year. I mean, I know Tristan Wirth's pretty good. He's a great kid. I knew him since he came out of Iowa. He had to go from being an all-pro right tackle to a left tackle this year. And I saw him in preseason – and he was struggling with it. He's a he's a right-handed dominant guy. Well, if you're at, you know, if you're at left tackle, you might have to switch up your dominant hand. Go pick up chopsticks with your left hand if you're a right-handed person and see how see how much you eat when that happens. Or pick up your fork or do anything. Right sign your name with your left hand if you're a right-handed person and see how well that goes. That Tristan had to do that. Then they lose their left guard, and Aaron Stinney comes in at left guard. You know, and then Robert Haynes, he's the center. And, you know, they, they drafted Cody Malk out of North Dakota State to be the right guard. And Luke Gedeke is at right tackle. And they got these young tight ends. Man, they've come they've come a long ways. They protected Baker really well last night. I mean, I know they gave up like four sacks or something. But um, I thought they ran the ball effectively. They've come a long ways. And Baker, look, it's the best year of his career. I feel like I've known Baker since he was a walk-on freshman at Texas Tech when I was doing Big 12 games and following him to Oklahoma when he was a walk-on at Oklahoma just because he he always wanted to play at Oklahoma. Growing up in Austin, Texas, him and his dad, long, uh, you know, Sooner fans, drive from Austin to Norman, go see the Sooners, walks on in Oklahoma, wins the job, becomes the number one pick in the draft. Look, he had injuries. Things went – you know, things didn't go well in Carolina – um, signed late in July to go, you know, put that team together. I'm happy for Baker because he, he got a bad rap, but he's all about team. He's a fiery, fiery competitor. You know, and then look, let's let's give credit to Todd Bowles. I mean, if I was playing the Eagles, I'd blitz him like crazy as well, just like Todd did. Um, and they've got young players. Yaya Diaby is a good player. Kalaji Kansi looks like a number one draft pick. Like he was a dominant player last night. You know, to go with Shaq Barrett, to go with Levante David, somehow, whatever this is for Levante, I think it's his 12th. It might be his 13th year. To see that guy continue to play like that, um, Antoine Winfield should be a Pro Bowl player. Like, they played great defense last night. They gave up one big play, you know, down the field to Devonte Smith. Um, but other than that, like, I, I give a lot of credit, you know, to Tampa. You know, look, they've got their hands full going to Detroit against the hot team. But we will get to all of that stuff. But I thought I just wanted to really recap what we all saw since it's so fresh in our mind. And I got up early this morning. I studied both games, um, really studied both teams, uh, both games to the nth degree. And I just wanted to kind of give you what I saw last night. Uh, in Philadelphia, they're talking about firing the coach. I don't know. Jeffrey Lurie didn't look real happy and has not been happy since that ugly loss at home to Arizona, followed by an ugly loss to the Giants, and then the ugliest loss of the season to the Bucks. 
maybe the 49ers was, I don't know. A lot of ugliness. So we have seen Jeffrey Lurie fire a Super Bowl winning coach two years after they won a Super Bowl and Doug Peterson and his staff. When they went 4-11-1, Carson Wentz looked unfixable. Uh, it was the turn of the Jalen Hurts era. They fired. So I don't think anything's off the table, but I do think they have to fix things. The, the offense has to change. Jason Kelsey is not going to be there. Uh, they drafted Cam Jurgens to be his replacement. So he should go in at, at center, you know, but Lane Johnson, Jordan Malata, Landon Dickerson, all those guys will be back. Um, but I do think they need changes in the coaching staff for sure. Um, they're lucky if they're lucky if Jeff Stoutland stays on, continues to do what he does because he's amazing. But they they need new leadership at the coordinator positions, and I'm not afraid to say that. Um, I have had players tell me that they miss Shane Steichen. They've been telling me that for weeks, not just because of how they lost last night. I've had players tell me that, and they have to work harder and play harder on defense. So there's a lot to be done if they kick if they keep Nick Sirianni, but if they don't, if they don't feel confident that Nick can find the coordinators, it won't surprise me to see Philadelphia make changes at the head coaching position, especially since there's some real legitimate candidates out there. But I'm a Nick Sirianni fan. I've liked him since the day he came to town, but I think they need changes. Anyways, that's what's on my mind today on the best football show. Thanks for joining me. I'll be back here a bunch this week to talk about what's coming up this weekend. Divisional round, two games Saturday, two games Sunday. It doesn't get any better than this. Thanks for joining me, everybody.